welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Hashtag. I'm Natalie, your host, and today we're talking everything social media, the power of it, and how we want to use it to drive change in society and create value for our audiences. We're talking to more incredible business owners who are sharing their top tips on how to create an engaged audience, and my favorite part, the epic social media fail for this week. Stay tuned for this week's episode. Make sure you click the follow button and keep up to date. And you know what to do. Follow us on all social media after this episode. We're at NLY Social. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Welcome, <laughs> Jodie. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm really, really good. good. Really super psyched and pumped to have you on the Beyond the Hashtag mm. show. If you like, I'm calling it a show. Why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah, go for it. Anybody who um, isn't familiar with BirthMind, today I'm talking to Jodie, their fundraising and communications manager. Obviously, Mind is a national charity, and Jodie represents the work in the, is it Southwest region? Is it just for Bath? Or? It's for Baines. Oh, so okay. not, not everyone who doesn't live in Baines knows what Baines stands for, but Baines is Bath, North East Somerset. So as Bath Mine, we cover the entirety of the Baines region um, and we have other local mines that do different patches, for example, Wiltshire Mine, Somerset Mine, so on. Cool, of course, yeah. And we have kind of exchanged comments and stuff on mm. socials, bumped into each other at Southwest Charity Conference, see each other a couple of times and we were talking about social media and I just love what you guys do. So I was like get you on the podcast thank you oh that's so nice to hear yeah and you know exactly that it's so nice to meet you know new people at conferences that's what they're for so um yeah really really happy to be here good amazing so um i'm gonna dive straight in and um with you because you guys do social pretty well i think (laughs) i'd like to say (laughs) you guys do social pretty well so a lot of my questions are really going to be about social and charity work yeah sure and that power Mm. of social in in achieving those goals yeah just in case anybody shouldn't know about mind give us a little overview of the services and the work that the charity does yeah of course so for anyone that doesn't know about bath mind we are a local and independent mental health charity we operate across veins and we're essentially providing vital mental health services for people that are in need with their mental health it really varies across mental health and well-being we're very holistic and we look into how different factors in our lives can put pressure on our well-being and our mental health we've got a numerous amount of services all um, on the spectrum of the journey of supporting people with their mental health one of our newest services is our new a&e service so we're placed within the A&E department up at the RUH in Bath. We have smaller services that are more uh, focused on well-being groups, we have crisis lines, we, um, we, we pride ourselves on having a different service for everyone really. I saw that on your social media mm. just this week about the A&E service yeah. and what a, 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 a say fantastic idea but it, it is a great deal, so, so innovative mm. I guess and kind of sure. um, much needed as well. Yeah, I think it's been really helpful for us because a lot of people think, oh, a bath mine completely separate to our statutory services, our NHS, our GP, but we really like to think we complement our statutory services where they're not able to meet, meet the demand. And let's face it, we all know the demand is high at the moment for mental health care. When they're not able to meet that demand, that's where we come in. Um, we look for local funding pots, we look for statutory funding, and we make sure our services are feeling less pressure with us expertise and our amazing staff. Cool. And how long have you been in post? How long have you been fundraising and communications manager? So it's coming up to three and a half years. Wow. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's really gone quickly, mostly because of COVID, to be honest. Yeah. Um, 
I was in post about a year and a half before COVID hit and it feels like it's just been like a two and a half year whirlwind since then. Um, so yeah, it's been a decent stint at Bathman and I've really enjoyed every minute to be honest. Yeah. Tell me about what was the picture before you started with, sure. with their social and their comm strategy. Just touch upon like how you, you what your goals were when you first came into post yeah. and then we can explore like where you're at. Fantastic, yeah. So there was a Twitter account and a Facebook account before I started. We had no capacity for anyone to focus on this. Um, so this was very much, you know, my um, manager, Hannah, who's still in post as our director of business development, she would be able to send out a tweet now and again. We'd have some of our wellbeing groups, you know, working on the ground, already busy themselves, having to do a Facebook post now and again. There was no like central team. There was no guideline strategy. So I didn't actually come in to Bath Mind focus for social media. I joined as a fundraising and training officer. So working at our mental health offer to businesses, to local schools, to anyone that needed support with their staff's mental health really. And did some fundraising as well. But as I'm sure you know and anyone <laughs> in the charity sector knows, um, social media is key to fundraising. Uh, there's so much potential for online giving and we figured that out pretty quickly. So I started doing some social media bits. I had minimal experience, I'd done a few um, campaigns at a job before at English Heritage, which was great, but that again was because there was no one central there in the, in the team that was in. So yeah, a few months in, started doing a few tweets, set up an Instagram account, and it really just rolled from there to be honest. And it feels quite yeah strange to look back now and think we didn't even have an Instagram account, but um, just from there it's just been learning on the job, upskilling where I can, and um, yeah, having some fun with it really. Nice, mm. I love that. Where would you say, kind of to summarise like where you're at right now, what does social media look like for you guys? I would say right now, Bath My Social Media is, it's, it's at the forefront of the charity for the first time ever, which is so exciting. But we've still got so much to learn. You know, I think it's really exciting how, well, for example, you know, I was the first staff member that started doing it a decent chunk of their job. Yeah. I now am the communications and fundraising manager. I've got a team member on. Her name's Emily. She's wonderful. Hi, Emily. Hi, Emily. <laughs> I know you're listening. Um, so she has been a huge, huge help in, in helping me kind of up the social media, not just the quality of it, but the, the amount of content we can mm. put out. So I'd say we're in a big growth stage at the moment, but still very open to learning more, which I think is the kind of perfect stage to be at. Definitely. And mm. I, I think that there's always something to learn, right? Always. And yeah, as soon yeah. as you think, oh, this is it, we're settled in what we've got. We've got our Instagram strategy sorted, our yeah. Facebook strategy. Then something else comes up and something else changes and you exactly. really can't sit back and rest really when it comes to social. And the mm. key is to, yeah, stay on top of it. As we say, kind of be ahead of the curve with yeah. what's coming and what you should be, mm. should be using. So what were those challenges in the earlier days to social media when you first stepped in. You said obviously there was no resource really mm -hmm. given to it. Yeah. So it was kind of getting people on board with the notion. How did you do that and what other challenges were there? Mm, that's such a good question. The biggest, the biggest challenge, and I think this is what faces millions of small charities is capacity and resource. Mm. There's a, always enthusiasm. Like, you know, even where I was, you know, juggling a few jobs, there was still an enthusiasm that I wanted to do some stuff on social media. So that helps. Having a bit of passion, enthusiasm does help. Uh, we started small. I worked with my manager, Hannah, to make sure that we felt we weren't putting out too much. Yeah. I was trying to make sure that the content we did put out was really high quality. Started, you know, messing around on Canva. Canva, for anyone that doesn't know, yes. is 
a lifesaver. It's an online graphic design tool and not-for-profits get uh, free memberships, free pro memberships, which completely changed the game for us because we were able to make, you know, really high quality graphics. We were able to use our brand palette, all of these things really that made such a big difference to making our outward look look really professional and slick. Our staff members are so highly skilled, we wanted to make sure that we were looking very highly skilled from the outside as well. So it's really trying to do justice to the work that was going on across BathMind already. Yeah, 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 love that. And you can see that. I think yeah. that definitely when you look at Instagram, you can see the upgrade to that visual mm. aesthetic that comes across on the grid. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad. can definitely, definitely see that. So remind me where we're at right now on mm. socials. What channels, where, where, are you, where do you show up now? So at the moment, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on LinkedIn, and we are on YouTube as well. We, you know, don't have a strong following on YouTube <laughs> because we're very new to video. We're really excited to kind of delve into that a little bit more and then be able to show that on our Instagram, on our Facebook, using YouTube Shorts, looking at Reels, all of that really. Cool, yeah, great. You kind of touched upon a real hot topic mm. and tactic right now, which is short form video. Yeah. And in brackets, video in general. Mm. And it's great to see what you're doing. Now, everybody should check out their Instagram account. We'll pop some links in the show notes. But I love what you're doing with Reels on well, Instagram. Again, Emily, you're listening, I know. Emily has been doing some fantastic work with being just a little bit more creative when it comes to reels. We have so much amazing like content going on every single day. We have groups every day. We have our you know crisis service running every night. You know we, we figured that there are ways to still be sensitive to our clients and do good video content. Yes, and that's important. That's yeah. so important, and mm. that's what was a point I was going to ask you: is mm. how do you find that balance? And yeah, the yeah. creativity is super key because mm. actually, what you put out on your reels versus your stories versus your grid, it all has a different approach. Exactly. So, talk to us about that and how yeah. you kind of pick those things apart. Yeah, it's tricky, but also very exciting. And this is the kind of balance that myself and my colleague Emily really like. So we basically look at, as you say, even just on Instagram, different formats for different purposes. Our reels, we're trying to be very visual with, we're trying to incorporate sound, very calming aesthetics, really give people an opportunity to look at something that can help their well-being that day. Whether that's, you know, a calm garden with some birds tweeting, or if that's something a bit more practical about learning a little bit more about ways to talk about your mental health. Stories, we really, really like to be able to share local um, organisations that we work with, things we love, resources we love. And that's really nice because at the end of the day, we are a charity in the community. You know, we are alongside countless other charities doing the hard work um, and we want to support them as well. You know, it's, we're not out here in isolation. And for posts, we're very big on carousels. We love like posts that you can swipe and just make sure that you feel you're getting a bigger resource out of one small post. That particularly helps when it comes to like tips about, you know, keeping isolation at bay or understanding CBT, stuff like that, that people may not want to Google extensively. They just want to see it on their Instagram feed, save it and move on. Yeah. yeah. Great tactics, great approach. As you said, making sure that each element has got a different approach, mm. like you say, and creating snackable content that they can still scroll through and get value from is really important. And yeah, I noticed that looking at your feed is, is that kind of storytelling on one one format, some real value-based stuff, 
with the reels. I don't know what the word is, MSR or something like that. It's that sound. Yeah, what is it? It's like ASMR or something, yes, isn't it? something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's that, you know, birds tweeting and you know, I just love it. I think it's really, really great, really useful. Yeah. But how does that differ between what you do on Facebook mm. to Twitter to LinkedIn? Do you have a different approach? We do, yeah. So LinkedIn, for example, we really appeal to more of our corporate audience. So as I mentioned, you know, we have a, we call it the wellbeing in the workplace package. This is a really, really successful and thriving part of our charity where we are delivering expert mental health training across tons of organisations. We do it in charity settings, we do corporate settings, youth settings and so on. We really use LinkedIn to try and appeal to that audience as best mm. as possible. You know, it is more of a corporate vibe on LinkedIn. We're sharing um, upcoming mental health first aid courses. We're sharing, you know, upcoming opportunities to fundraise with us. Stuff that I hope, you know, people who are really interested in mental health and passionate about it, who, you know, do a job day to day and they want to incorporate that into their job, we're hoping that it appeals to them, really. Facebook's different again, as you know, <laughs> completely different. We are putting more information about services out on Facebook, groups that you can join, and different courses. For example, we have a drama course starting soon. Cool. It's a really exciting way to be able to share these courses and these information without putting it in people's inboxes every second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you use Facebook groups much? We do, yes. Yeah. So this is a great way for our wellbeing groups to keep in touch while also being, you know, monitored, I guess, by our well-being staff. Yeah, yeah. So being able to actually have someone there who can put in, oh, have you tried this recipe? Have you tried this walking route? So it's a really nice supervised way to chat to other people in their groups. And then, you know, if they want to talk outside that, they do. But it's a really nice way for staff to feel a little bit more involved with our social media, which yeah. sometimes is really hard. It can be, absolutely. Yeah. And so you, you basically you're creating private groups exactly. for people who are you're supporting offline yeah. in a group. You give them a space to continue that relationship mm. online exactly. in a, as you say, a supervised way, I guess. Yeah. Was there much fear around doing that? Was there much red tape about setting that up? You know what? Because social media was so... It just didn't sit with anyone before you know, I was able to come in and to build a little bit more of a team. There wasn't much red tape. Something that's really, one of, one of the best things about working at Bathmind is the senior leadership's confidence and enthusiasm in their staff. You know, it's very much when I come up with an idea, it's okay, how can we make this happen? Rather than have you considered this, this and this. Yeah. Because you know, we're, compre- we're professionals and we're comprehensive staff. We yeah. think of the this, this and this. That makes it a really nice place to work because your ideas can come to life quite quickly. Yeah. Everyone's very up for, for making the experience of the client better as well. And that's really important. You can see that whenever a new idea comes up. So not much red tape, thankfully. And yeah, not too much of a process to set them up. Yeah, we trust our staff to, to keep it going in a way that suits the clients, really. Yeah, cool. Mm. And so I think that's really impactful. Mm. I think being able to offer that I mean, when I first started in social and local government Mm. years and years ago, the idea of setting up a Facebook group for kids in care who all knew each other to talk to their personal advisors was just unheard of and just completely horrendous Mm. of a suggestion, you know? How dare I even think about that? But actually the mechanisms that you can put in place Mm. allow that to work and allow to give, like you say, a better service to the client, don't they? Exactly that. And they can really thrive when you've got the right staff members who feel interested in what social media and like networking opportunities can do for clients. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's a mix of having the right workplace 
having the right kind of trust and enthusiasm for colleagues and having the right kind of, I guess, staff that are interested in what digital can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the tools. I think, you know, mm. back, in the, back in the day, there probably wasn't as an extensive a setting as there is available now on mm. Facebook groups, but there's so much you can... There you is. can use in terms of um, moderation mm-hmm. and approvals for content to be posted exactly. and you know whether it's on or off mm-hmm. at certain times of the day and things and you know so your staff don't get notifications in the evening exactly and that is a big one I must admit I think we're a mental health charity we're we all think we're very very strong with our boundaries but we all care yeah. you know and, that, and that's the, uh, the hardest bit sometimes but you know, it's very important to keep those boundaries, log out of the accounts on the weekends, you yes. know, make sure your automatic replies are up. It's it's those kind of boundaries that keep us from burnout. And, you know, we have some amazing weekend staff that are working throughout the weekend. So they are there to support. You just need to know when to individually step back. Yeah, definitely. So lots of channels, lots of different uses. And you mentioned right at the start how fundamental social media is mm. to the charity sector in fundraising and for individual giving. So talk us through why that's so, mm. for anyone who doesn't realise. And also a bit about like what's worked for you. What, sure. what impact have you seen? Sure, I think for us, you know, the, the biggest revelation was this kind of ind- individual giving element to social media. Having Facebook donate, having Instagram donate now, being able to do campaigns that even not necessarily, you're not taking money through social media, they are going back to your website, increasing traffic and increasing donations. I don't know how we would have been able to raise like effective funds over COVID if it wasn't for social media. Wow. And that feels really powerful and it's very good for morale in the yeah. comms team. Yeah. And it allows us to think about the impact of the work we're doing. And I think that can be tough sometimes on social media. You can feel quite within the social media world and quite distant from what's going on day yeah. to day. But that allowed it to put it in perspective for us and to bring it back and to think, okay, this is where the money's going. This is the impact and the value of social media. Yeah. But I would say, you know, for any charity, you know, particularly smaller charities that are a bit nervous about getting into social media, take a look first at the way that Facebook can can bring in donations, that, you know, you can share campaigns on Twitter and, and, you know, get them regionally trending, if not nationally. Hasn't happened to us yet, but you know, you never know. Maybe. It's a goal. It's a goal, exactly. You've got to have goals. Um, yeah, I would really look into to how quite immediate money can come in through social media. And just think, you know, it's all part of the comms plan of getting a campaign out there. Yes, you can go to your press. Yes, you can go to your current supporters. But there is a whole new audience out there on social media that's, you know, ready to engage. And if it's not big bucks immediately, it's still couple of quid every now and there that you know makes the difference yeah mm. and that's the power right it's like the millions if not billions of people mm. who you could potentially access exactly that's what's so great about social media for free for free exactly all you have to do is, is find the time and invest the time in understanding the tools yeah and planning out the story and the campaign properly mm. how did you go about that through covid so you're obviously mm. saying you did see some fundraising from individual giving happen yeah what sort of content what was your strategy mm. during that time so our strategy completely shifted, as so many organisations, charities did. We all of a sudden were digital. We weren't necessarily at the position as a charity yet that we were ready to go straight to digital, but because we're a hardworking team, that happened quite quickly. All of our services went online, so we wanted to reflect that on our social media. We wanted people to know we were still there. Mm. There was no uh, bath mind taking a step back whilst COVID was going on. If anything, 
we worked a lot harder and we grew at such an exponential rate to the point where we needed to reflect that on our social channels. So the kind of content that was going out was, you know, we are still here. Here's our phone number, here's our phone lines, our crisis lines. Here's how you can get a befriending call every week if you need it, etc., etc. If people didn't know about Bathmine before then, they definitely knew uh, across the COVID period because people were struggling. And we got a lot of support from local charities and organisations who weren't sure where to signpost people to for mental health. So they pushed towards Bathmind and yeah, luckily we were there still operating. So it was very content heavy in terms of where you can access support. Yeah. But it was also a lot of COVID specific content. You know, how to look after yourself every day in, in lockdown, which we all needed. Yes, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Mm. So you focused on that value and that actually delivering support outwardly, yeah. which would otherwise have happened offline. Exactly. And you would have been and you would have been trying to get people to come through a different door, if you like. So exactly. instead, you were focusing on like providing all of that information. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly that. You know, people weren't at libraries. They weren't at community centres. They weren't seeing our posters. They weren't seeing. Um, you know, people that they would see every day and then maybe in passing they've mentioned Bath Mind. You know, word of mouth suddenly stopped. A lot of community services just had to close overnight. So we had to really change our approach, go digital and um, hope it worked. And it did on the most part. Yeah, it was a really exciting time to be in social media. So what sort of results did you see then? Hmm. Fundraising, sign-ups, that sort of stuff. So we did a um, COVID-19 appeal. It was in the May of 2020, I believe. So it was from May to the end of summer in 2020. So this is obviously very much in the crux yeah. of lockdown. We pulled in, I think it was over 10 grand in the end, which was a phenomenal for us. You know, we, we were a very small team at this yeah. point. We only had two fundraising staff and one staff member who was doing amazing bids, amazing grants, but she was very new to the job. She just started in yeah. COVID. So it was myself and, and my colleague, Hannah, who... Yeah, just decided that we needed some sort of appeal. We needed to make our messaging very clear. We needed support. We needed these vital funds. We couldn't continue through COVID without it. So we needed our community to support us. A few like different taglines, like you're not going out for your cup of coffee. Why not donate your cup of coffee to us? Nice. Um, I hope that drew a few people in, but you know, <laughs> who knows? Um, but it was really helpful and it meant that the money coming in could go straight to these COVID services yeah. that needed support. And, you know, our funding had stopped at that point, so... Yeah, yeah. So what, sure. and what, at that time, and even mm. now, what do you, what would you say is your most engaged platform? What's delivered the yeah. most results for you? You know what? Considering it was a new, I th- personally think Instagram. Mm. But mostly because of how personal it is. You know, we have clients and people that will call up our crisis line in the evening and then share on their Instagram story the next day how... It saved their life. Wow. It's very emotional to read, as you can imagine, but also the impact of that and being able to show people that there are people at the end of these services. You know, there's no abstract here. There's no, you know, sometimes you get with a national charity, you think, you know, where's, where's the money going? We can very easily show where the money's going. And that is incredibly powerful for our donors, but also for us. Yeah, so. 100%. And mm. you've touched upon a really important part. When I mm. first started working with small charities, I say it to everybody because it's true, is that, People don't necessarily tell the story enough. Exactly. They don't show yeah. the why mm. and the how. Yeah. So why do we need that money? How is it going to be spent? Instead, they just focus on ask, 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 ask. Yeah. Donate, donate, donate. And mm. that creates a disconnect 
and you are supposed to or you know the the aim is to really bring those people on a journey mm. with you Very much and so. and if you really build that community and nurture them mm. and show them the value of your service and where their money is going mm. then that individual giving just increases exactly that and you know we've still got stuff to learn when it comes to individual giving and um, fundraising campaigns but our strongest pull always is that individual impact mm. you know we're very lucky to have a lot of people that come to us for support they're very happy to talk about the support they've received afterwards it's brilliant it's fantastic and you know it's, it's not something everyone can do no you know it's incredibly personal support you've received with your mental health and well-being so we're very lucky that we have clients that will talk yeah. to us about that and share it with the wider public I guess that's testament to the work that you're doing isn't it I'd like to think so because yeah. the fact that somebody who's suffering from mental health problems mm. have come to you probably unable to talk and are at that point of that, that last point mm. of needing help you know or being able to look and suddenly the fact that you've worked them enables them to talk is quite a powerful story I think yeah no I completely agree and it, it is a testament to our staff, our services, and the people of Baines, it really is. You mm. know. We completely prove to ourselves how resilient we are every single day, and lockdown was a real testament to that. Yeah. Mm. So, moving forward, what are the plans for your social media and your audience and mm. continued growth, and how do we get more impact from what you're doing online? I think the biggest thing for us now to move into is video. We've like dibbled and dabbled with reels. I think it's going really well. I think now we're going to be moving more towards more consistent reels, reels with our staff, trying to introduce our team a little bit more, make um, our service team feel part of the show. You know, they are running these services. They deserve the limelight in my opinion. <laughs> and definitely trying to get into YouTube a little bit more and being able to share that on our social channels. We've got some great volunteers that are really enthusiastic about video content. So we're trying to work with them as best as possible and figure out how we can share more tips on video cool i can see client case study interviews on youtube yeah we've got one up at the moment and it's done so well yeah yeah and it was um it was just very emotional to watch i cry every time i watch it. i bet yeah no it's but that's powerful isn't powerful. it and that's yeah. that's providing so much awareness mm. and yeah reporting on impact like it's immeasurable really exactly that i think you know there's only so much national campaigns can do when it comes to breaking the stigma. If you see your neighbours, your loved ones talking about mental health, well-being, understanding how to look after yourself, that's going to break the stigma a lot quicker just mm. because of how we are and the nature of how we are as people really. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Maybe something like Headspace? Maybe something a bit like... Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I tag Headspace in every single uh, little meditation post we have. Headspace, Headspace. Um, yeah, well, yeah, they're all fab, and that's a really nice thing about social media as well. You can engage with these big national companies that are doing similar work to you um, and continue that mission, really. Yeah, and they support you back, don't they? Exactly, yeah. That's no, the it's lovely really thing. Because nice. yeah. at, at the end of a Twitter feed for mm -hmm. a national charity, is still a human being. Exactly. Who totally gets the cause. Yeah. Yeah. So what other charities do you love on social media? Oh, that's such a good question. I oh, it's really biased. I love my fellow local minds. <laughs> um, we have um, a really, um, I guess, like fun relationship with our, our fellow local minds because we are all doing very similar work, but in different patches. Services are so localised when it comes to local minds in mm. that we are really tailored to what our local population wants. 
So it's really, really fun to see other local minds, like for example, um, Devon Mind have a fantastic social media. It's not really interesting to see the similar work, but how they're doing it differently. How they portray it differently, yeah. Exactly. Um, and because we all share the same brand, it is really nice to get a bit of inspiration here and there. We've got some you know, great partners like Carers Centre, uh, Genesis Trust, some yes. really great um, charities across Baines that social media is fantastic. I'm a particular fan of Off the Record in Bristol at the moment. Yes, I love them. Fantastic social media feed. Yeah. So, yeah, I must admit, I'm not the kind of person that doesn't look at other people's feeds I look for inspiration everywhere yeah yeah and I think that's great I yeah. think everybody particularly in the charitable sector mm. they are really giving with their knowledge with what's yes. worked what doesn't and everybody recognizes the work that others are doing mm. and why not like it's out there taking inspiration if that results in you being able to del- deliver more impact and help more people mm. then we should all be sharing big fan of just sharing learning to be honest as our um, CEO says it's a famous phrase of hers uh, that she has adopted uh, don't reinvent the wheel <laughs> and it's so true we say this all the time like why reinvent the wheel when actually we can use learning from other charities other organizations and most of the time people are so happy to share yeah which is really nice and, and if you see something love it get inspired do it do it differently all the same more often than not you're going to compliment the person that you learnt it from mm, exactly. oh, I love crediting people yeah. in the captions as well it just makes people stay exactly yeah, yeah completely I love it Cool. So on that note, we're going to look at next some people who aren't doing social media very well with this episode's social media fail. This episode's social media fail looks at Italian clothing brand Benetton and a post that they shared in 2017, which, can you believe it, had the caption, sorry ladies, Girls not allowed, exclamation mark. Hashtag Benetton, hashtag kids. What do we think of that, Jodie? I'm not impressed, quite frankly. <laughs> I'm not impressed. I think, you know, it, it does baffle me that big teams work on these campaigns and they they don't pick up on, I think, just basic social cues. Yeah, around, common sense. Yeah, common sense around social commentary, you know, exclusion in a world where we are trying to embrace inclusion in every way possible i'd like to think they've learned the lesson from 2017 but who knows at this point who knows i mean that's only five years ago ago. and that's the thing you know it's not just sexist it is you know in in, in a world that's trying to embrace you know non-binary you know people and understanding you know sexuality and gender so differently i'm surprised they went for this yeah i am 100 percent surprised so understandably this had thousands of likes got removed very quickly mm. and was completely criticized as we've just said there as a brand they were criticized for basically reinforcing gender inequality among young children mm. as well that's the kicker it is the kicker isn't mm. it yeah exactly that you know we all remember what it's like to be young you don't need reinforcing with messages that are doing you harm and at the end of the day young people's mental health needs to be nurtured in a way that they are able to explore their identity, their gender, their sexuality in a way that is safe, yeah. in a way that feels very personal to them and isn't you know, showcased in problematic ways on brands that they follow. 100%. You've summed it up beautifully. I wonder whether this is just ignorance mm. or inexperience. Somebody's got loose on the old socials and thought, yes. I'm going to type this out and press post. Yeah. In which case, horrific first post to send and... I wish them well. Um, <laughs> or was this a campaign gone wrong? 
I would say a campaign gone wrong. Mm. Yeah, I would. Potentially a bit of an experience. Yeah. There. You know, I, I can understand the intentions, but at the end of the day, you know, we have a duty of care to people that are looking at our content. It's not as formalised as, as many duties of care in, in other jobs, per se, particularly in you know, our line of work, where it's a very formal duty of care. But it is, there is an implied duty of care that we need to make sure the content we're putting out isn't harming people. And I think perhaps they just overlooked that yeah. um, and looked for something cute, strappy, you know, something that would stick in people's minds, but it is obviously stuck in people's yeah. minds for the wrong reason. So. Yeah, they've obviously tried to create a community mm. for males, I guess. Yeah, for young, young boys, boys, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but actually, in trying to formulate that community, they've completely excluded and highlighted actually an attitude that's really outdated yeah. old and not aligned with a lot of the audience on that particular platform or any social media platform it ain't welcome it ain't welcome exactly bye-bye benetton <laughs> bye-bye thanks jody thank you it's been a pleasure thank you for coming on beyond the hashtag thank you so much for having me thanks everyone thank you so much for listening we really hope you enjoyed this episode of beyond the hashtag make sure you tune in to every episode and again, follow us on social media. We're at NLY Social on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, you name it, we're there. And I hope to see you all soon.